Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock and Roll Podcast, we have Liar, Thief, Bandit, and they have a new album called Deadlights, which is going to be released on May 14th via The Sign Records, and right now I'm being joined by Mike to share some more information about this release and what the band has got going on. So, Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Absolutely. Great to have you on. Now, something we were chatting about before we hit record was that you, I think you said you're a Gibson guy. I brought up the music video. I see the cowbell. I'm in love already. And then it looks like, is that you standing there with an Explorer? It is. It is. Okay. It's my go. Yeah. Take us through your guys' rig because you have a unique sound and a unique look. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, I think our rig is pretty uh pretty basic uh we got like well the cowbell is of course very important in the drum sound for us Mm -hmm. absolutely but uh other than that it's quite basic i mean we got uh player nicholas has a lot of uh distortion pedals that he likes to play around with to get a a good rhythmic sound uh since he's the rhythmic bass player since we're a trio uh since we're a three-piece it's like the guitar sound is very important since we have a lot of, uh, I do all the solos and all the rhythms. So when we play live, uh, it really needs to uh, not get thin, you know? So, I mean, I love orange, so I use orange for everything. Uh, uh, and then I have like a, uh, I, I, I use an overdrive as a, basically like an, like a, a volume boost and that that creates my sound and uh then we just plug in and play and sing basically mm-hmm. cool you mentioned a trio and the funny thing is you mentioned you know not sounding thin and having the bass player do some things that mm-hmm. are required for for trios um i didn't even notice that you guys were only a trio so i think you're making that work <laughs> I hope so. I mean, uh, when we record, of course, we have some overdubs uh, to make the sound thick, but every single detail and every single bar of a song that we create, we uh, we really try to to make it work in a live setting as well. So that when you listen to a record and then go see us live, you don't get like, hey, where's the other guitar? It's like if there's some significant thing that the guitar does uh, that is like a dual guitar thing, then we try to use it live as uh, Niklas, the bass player, tried to do something live that thickens up uh, the melody or the chord or whatever, just so the overall sound sounds big enough, even though we're only three people. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there some trio bands out there that you guys have looked to for, I don't want to say inspiration, but maybe as, hey, they sound awesome and there's only three people? Well, uh, I mean, definitely, at least for me and William, the drummer, uh, as an, an inspiration for the for the three-piece rock and roll sound in the modern day is probably Dank Jones. Okay. Canadians. Uh-huh, Canadians. Uh-huh. So, uh, and he plays a Hagstrom, actually, Swedish guitar, so full circle. It, you know what? It, it is full circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so, I mean, uh, the production on uh, some of 
or actually a lot of the Danko Jones records uh, are really appealing to our sound, even though we don't really uh, think that we sound like them. We have uh, slightly different influences that they do, and we have a slightly different approach than they do in songwriting, I think. Uh, but the sound and the way they make it from the record and then go out and play it live, that, that kind of transition has really uh, inspired us to do, uh, do it in quite the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I actually just went down a Danko Jones rabbit hole on the internet, realizing that I need to be <laughs> going down a liar thief bandit rabbit hole on the internet right now. Um, Cause I've had the opportunity to chat with them and it has been foiled. Like I think like three or four times. And I don't know. You know sometimes that happens okay. with bands, you know? Yeah. Um, sure. But, and I was just noticing that uh, they haven't done anything for a while, but there's rumors that they might be doing something. So, yeah. Okay. But people who are doing something right now is Liar Thief Bandit. Catch and Release. I also, you mentioned a bunch of gear in this music video for Catch and Release. I'm seeing a lot of this gear. I'm seeing your orange rig, um, the cowbell. I mean, this is fantastic. How long did it take you guys to assemble what I'm seeing here? Even in its simplicity. I think that's the beauty of it is the simplicity. It's like good pizza. It's dough, it's sauce, it's cheese, <laughs> but damn it, it's good. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how long did it take to assemble? You mean like the video itself or the the equipment? You know, let's go down the, the video because... Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys record all of the album and the the video videos plural maybe um, in 2020, like amidst the pandemic, or were things pretty relaxed in Sweden? Uh, well, it's uh, uh, we we recorded the album in 2020 uh, in May May June, and then uh, this music video we actually did in uh, in 2021. We did it in January. Okay. Uh, and we did it almost all by, our, by ourselves. Uh, we had like we had uh, a friend, a photographer, uh, and then we had uh, a friend helping out. But other other than that, we did everything ourselves. So it was really uh, a DIY experience, <laughs> uh, trying to make it make it look as uh, professional as possible. <laughs> you know, I think what does it is the lights. Because if you guys yeah. didn't have the lights, <laughs> exactly. Well, yep. you, is it the lights that are giving that orange glow? Because speaking of orange, mm-hmm. the first thing mm-hmm. I felt when I see the video is I'm hit with orange, and then you also happen to use orange amps. Is that yeah? Was that something you guys were going um, for? Uh, not from the beginning, but I think in post. Yeah, I think in editing, I think that because our drummer William uh, did the editing for for the video and I think he put some uh, some glare or some effect that made it look a little warmer uh, because it we really felt that that suited the uh, uh, the feel of the music video okay so I think that has to do with it mm-hmm. and he is also very he's very much into uh, matching things together so I think that the lights the warmth from the lights and from the orange and from the copper drums and everything, I think that was an influence to make it look like that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, another question I have is, uh, it sounds like you guys have dialed in your tone 
Is that what we're hearing on the record? Is that like your rig and those drums? Is that what we're hearing? Yes. on the record? Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Now, Catch and Release is the second single off of the record. First single was Good Enough. Groovy, okay, so first single was first single was Good Enough, yeah? yeah? Uh yeah, that's correct. So take us through these two singles. Is this a label decision for these singles or was this your guys' uh input? Uh, the initial input was ours and, uh, the label said that it was quite funny because they had think they had been thinking of those two singles as well as the fir- first and the second. So we were, uh, we were, uh, on the same page from the get go, but it was initially, uh, I think it was, uh, our, our, uh, decision from the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it just the songs just spoke to you and they said, or what did you guys write those with the intention of them being singles? Uh, um, both yes and no. I think that when we wrote them, because we wrote those two very early in the, in the, in the process. Uh, and I felt that these two could really be, uh, be singles, but I didn't know since we didn't, we hadn't written the whole album yet. So, but when we had, and we looked at it, it was like, yep, yeah, those two are still the strongest ones. So it, 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 it was an easy pick actually. Cool. And then the other, the other songs just felt like orphaned children. Just, uh, no, I mean, uh, well, uh, <laughs> I, I jokingly, <laughs> I, I jokingly say that I only write hit songs, uh, because <laughs> I always, uh, <laughs> I always uh, try to, uh, to make every song, have that significant uh, chorus or that significant thing that that would potentially make make you uh, make you interested, uh, but somehow there's there are always there will always be uh, songs that will stand out for you as a musician or for someone as an, as the audience, and it's not always the same. But I'm I strongly believe that we have very few, if any, deep cuts. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're Swedish, so you've got actually like the weight of the whole world on your shoulders to write great music. You know, it's... Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, a heavy weight. It is a bit, it's a massive heavy weight. Yeah. Um, sweet. Now, this is the third album. Is there something that you guys wanted to do with regard to the third album? Uh, we wanted to uh, take it up a notch. We wanted to put it in third gear, and third gear would mean uh, that we had accelerated uh, as much as we could. We wouldn't anything. Uh, really wanted uh, to find a record label uh, that that we were very. Uh, comfortable with and we wanted to work with people and work with everything regarding the sounds and go uh, the songs going into the studio the whole experience we wanted everything to like take every experience we had good and bad from before and just make it right it's like i, I don't want to say that it's a make or break record but for us it's really uh we've worked so so hard up till this and uh now we can finally uh show off everything that we are capable of so yeah it's a pretty important record for us 
Yeah. Now, something that happened when you were first starting to explain the part about kicking it up a notch, going into third mm-hmm. gear. Unfortunately, we had a couple connection issues, and then we came back in at the part about finding a label. Um, All right. Yeah. You wouldn't mind touching base again on the kicking it up a notch in the third gear part. Of course, I can take that thing again. Do you want to ask the question again, or what was my question? My question was, what were you guys going for with a third release? Well, with the third release, we really felt that we wanted to take everything up a notch and put everything uh, in what I would like to call the third gear. We released two two albums before we hit the road and played almost 200 shows we uh, uh we really really grinded our gears and now uh with the third album we have all the experience uh good and bad to put into this uh these songs this release uh in every aspect so uh if there are people in the world that hasn't uh gotten uh, a glimpse of us yet this is the time so yeah deadlights is a very important record for us <laughs> Um, 200, <laughs> 200 shows. That's, that's a lot of shows. Yeah. All, all, almost, almost 200. I think it's like 170, 180, something like that. Okay. In a three year time, something like that. Three, four years. Yeah. yeah. Did, did, were you guys able to test some of this material in those shows or was all of this material written by the time the pandemic and lockdown happened? Uh, we actually did. We had. Uh, it's funny that we mentioned the singles before because "Good Enough" and "Catch and Release" are uh, the two songs that we actually played live before the pandemic hit. So, uh, a couple of people that already had seen us live and they heard the songs during the pandemic, they're like, "I've heard this before." I'm like, "Yeah, you have a good you have a good memory because we always try to play some new songs live." Uh, uh, just to try them out before we go into recording. So some of the songs were written, I think almost all of the songs were written before the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. Which is smart. Did you guys make a lot of tweaks and changes to the tracks? Like you'd play it for an audience and maybe they weren't digging it and then you would keep trying things or how did that work? Uh, basically, I mean, usually we don't change that much, uh, but what we can what we find out when we play them live is that even if it's the first time they hear it, I mean, it could be the sound uh, at the venue as well, of course, but usually uh, we can figure out like when, when people start to get a little bored or it's like, don't bore us, get to the chorus or something like that, you know? So sometimes we tweak it a little bit and make it a little shorter just to cut to the chase or something like that. But usually, usually it works from the get go. Mm Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned some experiences, good and bad, that have gone into this record. Uh, what are some of the key experiences that you think really defined what we're holding in our hands today as far as this record is concerned? Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a two-part answer. I mean, uh, since I'm writing uh, most of the, uh, of the songs, I write all the songs, but I mean, the lyrics uh, especially are very... Uh, uh, they're very heavy on personal experience. Uh, it could be relationships. Uh, uh, it could be uh, friendships or uh, things that are, and it also happens to uh, be about things that we've experienced on tour. Even though I'm not saying in the song that it's about an experience on tour, it's like 
because everything is part of life, you know? So I think that for this record, uh, there are a lot of, uh, uh, there are a lot of parallels from, uh, stuff in my personal life and stuff that happens on, on tour. And that's like, or being in a band and that's basically, uh, finding something positive, even though you have a lot of, uh, you have a lot of trouble getting there, like keeping your head above water or, uh, trying to get out of a situation that seems hopeless, uh, stuff like that. And, uh, and and I can really feel that there's there are sim- there are similarities from being in a band or having a love relationship or having to deal with friends and family and so on. So yeah. Okay. Now I guess my only other follow up question to that. Two questions actually, Mike. Does this record have a theme? Like, what does deadlights mean? And why a picture of Joshua trees on the cover? <laughs> yeah, well, um, deadlights is uh, from the beginning. It was an an expression uh, or like a word that I was playing with, and the word was headlights. So, like you know, the headlights of a car. Uh, the last thing you see before you get struck by a car is the headlights, uh, and so on. And I was thinking, well, if you see those he- he- those headlights, you you'll be dead. And, and then I went for deadlights, and then I wrote a song that didn't really have anything to do with the expression, other than than the that I really uh, associated the song with what I was thinking about when I when I uh, tasted the the word deadlights. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I found out that. Uh, that the It novel and movie, the Stephen King, uh, the Stephen King story, uh, that the deadlights are these, it's like uh, that creature's uh, uh, in the air, other than associated with whatever you want. So that's deadlights. And well, for the Joshua Tree, Actually, uh, am I am I uh, allowed to uh, do a shout out to another podcast on here? Is that okay? Sure, I won't get too terribly jealous. Good, <laughs> because there's uh, there's this guy called Ed Peterson from Seattle in the U.S. He is a very good photographer, and we only know of him because he has a podcast called The High Gain. I don't know if you know it. But it's like a guitar, uh, a very nerdy guitar uh, podcast. And me and Nicholas, especially in the band, the bass player, we listen to this a lot. He's actually the one that turned me on to it. And we listen to this podcast a lot. And so we follow this podcast online. And then we see these pictures from this guy, Ed. And we're like, this is amazing. These are really great photos. So we write the guy and we're like, yeah, we love the podcast, la la. And then we're like, so what's up with these photos? Like, they're great. And he's like, yeah, well, I just took them in Joshua Tree. I was there on vacation. And we're like, well, if we credit you, can we use this on the cover? Like, yeah, of course. Sure. So it's actually just him taking pictures that we love. And uh, then we've had a discussion of like, is this the artwork of an action rock band, a garage rock band? Is this what people would do? And the answer is no. And we feel like 
all right, then we're on the right track because we want to get to a broader audience. We want people to find a record and feel like, cool picture, what is this? You know, get some attention from something that we uh, feel is very good, uh, cool looking. So that's why Joshua Tree. Okay. All right. Well, that answers my question. <laughs> uh, cool. I'll have to look into the podcast. I've, I've never heard of it. I actually don't listen to podcasts, which... Uh, and I don't, I don't know any other podcasters, which I think is kind of funny for some people, but I don't know. I don't like podcasts and like, but, <laughs> but, but John, you run one. I know. And I don't know why. Yeah. That uh, was my, that was my question. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, uh, at least you don't get inspired by other podcasts or influenced. I mean, like Michael Schenker doesn't listen to any music at all. Because he doesn't want to his his uh, his own music to be to be interfered by other influences. I don't know if it's if it, if it's true or not, but that's what he claims. Yeah, so. him and him and Sting. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Same thing for Sting. Uh, Field, mm-hmm. Fields of Bali came on the other day, and my wife and I were like, "This song's like thirty years old now." Yeah. Almost, that's crazy. I know. One day we'll be listening to <laughs> Liar Thief Bandit, and I'll be like pushing 60 years old and I'll be like, man, this song's like 30 years old now. Yeah. Quite the catch. That's crazy. I know. Quite the catch and release there. (laughs) Beautiful. Okay. Well, I believe that concludes all of my questions. We chatted about the first two singles. Good enough. Catch and release the music video for catch and release the uh, recording, the writing, the playing, uh, the live setup, the equipment we see in the music video and here on the record, um, is there anything I missed that you wanted to chat about, Mike? Uh, not really. Uh, I just wanted to say that we have, uh, recently got, uh, got, uh, the third single out. It's called right from wrong. Uh, and there will be a fourth single in, in April as well. Wow. And, uh, then the album, uh, deadlights is, uh, uh, is released on, uh, May 14th. Okay. Beautiful. All right. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Thank you. It was a pleasure.